The following audio is from Heritage Christian Fellowship. More information about Heritage Christian Fellowship is available at heritagefellowship.net. Good evening. Um, for those that don't know me, uh, my name is uh, Vernon. I'm one of the elders here at the church. And it is my uh, great privilege to be able to be here this evening to, uh, <clears throat> to share with you God's Word. Um, we're in Mark, and we're going to be in chapter 13 this evening. And... Um, I uh, texted uh, Sam last week and said, uh, hey, Sam, well, where did you leave off? He said, oh, I finished at the end of chapter 12. And I thought, oh, okay. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, so what do we got going? We got you know, somebody walking on water, feeding a few thousand people, raising somebody from the dead. And then I started to read chapter 13, and um, I was thinking, okay, so uh, not quite that. And so tonight will be uh, fun, um, interesting, and, um, and um, Jeff quizzed me on what I, what I was going to share tonight because he was a little nervous, so, um, but we're okay. He gave me a thumbs up, so we're, we're, we're going okay in that direction anyhow, so uh, I'm uh, very excited to be here. Um, Sunday um, was a tremendous service for those that weren't here or for those that were here um, hearing the voice of the martyrs, and and seeing you know what our what our um, fellow Christian brothers and sisters are going through right now, and you know hearing those numbers of 105,000 um, people being martyred each year in in countries, and then we have the privilege of being able to be here this evening and be here on Sundays and any other given day that we would choose to be able to get together, open up God's Word, and not really have a lot of fear about doing that. And just a whole different arena of what people are going through. And now our hearts, you know, I've talked to some people this week, and now our hearts should be really open unto that and being aware of those things that are going on around us and how, and that's what Mark, you know, 13, we're going to get into a little bit of that this evening but how our heart should really go out for those people and how we should have that compassion for them and what they're going through, you know, just to own and, and just to have the privilege of having God's Word in their hand, a written Bible, they are willing to sacrifice their life in order just to have that. And I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> we have multitudes of them at home. I mean, you know, we'd stumble over them if they weren't kind of shoved off someplace. And so... And we have varieties of them, you know, from, um, you know, King James to New King James to whatever else we may have. But we have a, a gazillion of them at home, I think. And praise the Lord for that. And that we can have those in our home. But to hear people that, that are dying, dying just to have one, or dying because they desire to be able to get together and to say who Jesus Christ is in their life, and not to build and deny Him. What a, what a thing that is. And one of the things that Jeff mentioned, and, and we're going to read about that tonight here in Mark 13, was, you know, of, and I don't know about you guys, but I always wonder what I would say if all of a sudden I got put on that spot, how it would come out, how I would, how I would be able to stand up for Jesus Christ. Would I be able to just proclaim His name as we, as we watch those things that are going on? Would I be able to not bend my knee to another? Would I, 
And I go through all those scenarios, and he says, yeah, but Vern, and, and we're going to get to that, but he says, you know, don't worry about those things. But I become very anxious about those things. And there's a lot of things in our lives that we become very anxious about, and that's what chapter 13 kind of talks about. It talks about those times that are coming. And it's not by coincidence that I think that Jeff taught what he taught on Sunday and what we're talking about tonight. I don't believe in my life whatsoever that with God as in control, there's coincidences, that things happen for a reason, that we have back-to-back teachings that occur the way that they're going to occur from Sunday to tonight. But I'm a very anxious person because I want to have, like most guys, I want to have control of things. And so I get anxious about things. What would I do if I had to protect my family? What would I do? And then I'd watch, then I watch that on Sunday, and I'm thinking, but God is in control. God is in control, and He knows what's going on, and I don't need to worry about that. And what, so the, what, do I, what do I need to worry about? And that's what we're going to share a little bit about tonight. What do I, what, what does God want me to be compassionate about? What does God want me to do in my life? And what does he want you to do in your lives that would glorify him? I just want to read, and we're going to get to Mark now, but I just want to read something that I, I ran across the other day, and, I, and, and the, other, the thing that the Lord allows me to do is I get to go into, um, into Jackson County uh, Jail um, a couple times a month. And, and I ran across this scripture the other day when I went there, and it just it just really gave me a different outlook on my neighbor. It gave me a different outlook on people that I work with and the people I work for. And it gave me a different outlook as to what my purpose is and what, and what God would have me to be about. And not what Vern would have to be about, but what God would have Vern to be about. And for Vern not to worry about all those silly things. And that Vern could just be concerned about those things that that God wants him to be concerned about. So I want to read you these verses out of Matthew, and then, we're going to, and then we're going to jump into Mark 13. Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every infirmity. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Pray that the Lord, pray that the Lord would send out laborers into his harvest. And it really made me start to think about this a few weeks ago. It really made me think about what would the Lord have me to be doing? What would he have me to be doing? There are people this year... This year, my, my mom uh, was going to be 87 um, here last March. At the end of February, my mom passed away and is, and is at home. So that's a, a wonderful thing. But during that time, the Lord started to show me some things. And I spent a lot of time at the hospital, and I spent a lot of time at the rest home, and then back to the hospital. And we spent about, I think it was three and a half weeks of rotating through that. But during that time, I got a chance to to be there, but not only with my mom, but I got to see a lot of things around me because she was in ICU for most of that time. And there was young people in the ICU, young people in the ICU, not just older people, but young people there that were dying. 
And throughout the whole hospital, there's another ward that my mom got moved over to, and it's, and it's I think it was called the C ward over in the far end of the hospital. And that's where a lot of people go to maybe spend out their last few days. But in those rooms, they were filled with people that were in their last days, in their last moments. And some of them, and probably many of them, without knowing the Lord. And I thought to myself, Lord, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? And then he showed me those verses. What what do I need to be worrying about? What do I need to be concerned about? What do I need to be thinking about? And then he showed me those verses. And those verses spoke mightily to my heart. That we need to be about his business, not about my business. Not fretting, not worrying, not concerned, not about what people are going to think. And somebody asked me today, you know, because I'm just changing how I look at things, changing how I'm speaking a little bit about, about this and to whom I'm speaking it to, and not being hesitant about who that person would be. Because the Lord revealed one thing to me this year, and it was, there are many people around us that are in the last days. Now, how we feel about that ourselves, and, you know, and we're going to read these verses tonight, but how we feel about that is really open to quite an imagination of theories and, and people who will believe this or that and be concerned about that. And a lot of people I know are, unfortunately, we get really caught up in those things. And the Thessalonians got caught up in those things. And we ourselves get caught up in those things about when is it going to happen and how is it going to happen and where is it going to happen. And, but there was people in the hospital near my mom's room that were dying. And it was their last days. It was their last times. And so what are we about in our business? You know, are we concerned about that, or do we sit like the Thessalonians and wait? So if you've got your Bibles, Mark chapter 13. So just a little recap the last few weeks here that, you know, Sam's been teaching. A couple chapters ago, Jesus comes into Jerusalem, and, and, and this to me is the most exciting period of Christ's three years is his last week here that he will be alive before he goes to the cross and to the resurrection. And there are so many things that occur, so many things that are occurring in this time zone, and, and, and tonight we jump into one of the huge teachings that Jesus will give, and that's the, all of it, or the, or the teaching, the discourse there in the, in the grove of the olive trees outside of Jerusalem. And he will do this with his disciples. And that's what tonight's lesson is about, is that great message. But when he comes into Jerusalem, there's this triumphal entry. And how exciting would that have been? I, I just, you know, I, I get to teach, you know, our little kids at church here too. And, and I just, I love to build up my imagination, go to try to put yourself in that time and that place and what was happening. And the noises, the excitement, the joys, the thrills of here's Jesus. Here's Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, coming into Jerusalem. And not very many of them knowing that this would be the last time that he would enter into the city. But how exciting would that have been? But Jesus was there for a purpose for a purpose. 
And one of the things that he immediately does is he goes to the temple. And it'll be the second cleansing of the temple. And we can only imagine his disciples there, and here's their, here's their Lord. They've been traveling with him for three years. He's been there already once doing this. And here he is, he's turning over tables, and he's telling people, you know, what are you doing in this? What are you doing in my father's house? And he's turning over all kinds of things, and people are, it's a big disarray of what's going on. And we know that the, the rulers of the synagogue were not happy. And this is not, this, this is part of money-making. This is part of prestige and honor, and, and, and what are you doing? And he will have many teachings here in the first few days towards them and about them. He will have discussions with them. And the things that are going on are just building to this climax with his disciples. And you can only imagine, you know, I think I get tight about what's going on in my life. I can't imagine what it must have been like with Jesus right now as he's in this fervor and out of compassion for the people, but out of this fervor what's going on in the temple and all the things that are taking place. And his disciples in the midst of it, in the heat of it with Jesus. So, chapter 13. And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said unto him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said unto him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat at the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrews asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be, and when will be the sign when these things are all to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, Take heed that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he. And they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be afraid, alarmed, but, but this must take place. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be earthquakes in various places. And there will be famines. And this is but the beginning of the birth pangs. But take heed to yourselves, for they will deliver you up to go to councils. And you will be beaten in the synagogues. And you will stand before governors and kings for my name's sake. To bear testimony before them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you up, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given to you in that hour. For it is not you that speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver up brother to death, and the father his child. And children will rise against parents and will have them put to death. And you will be hated for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. But when you see the desolating sacrilege set up where it ought not to be, let the reader understand, let, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let him who is in the housetop not go down, nor enter the house to take anything away. And let him who is in the field not turn back to take his mantle. And alas, for those who are with child and those who are give suck in those days, pray that it may not happen in winter. For in those days there will be such tribulation as had not been from the beginning of all creation, which God created until now never will be. 
And if the Lord had not shortened the days, no human being would be saved. For the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. And then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. False Christs and false prophets will arise and show signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. But take heed, I have told you all things beforehand. And in those days and after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds and from the ends of the earth even to the heads of the heavens. And from the, from the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also you will see things taking place. You know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away before all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But on that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed and watch, for you do not know when the time will come. It, will, <clears throat> it is like a man going on a journey, and when he leaves home, and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at a cock crow, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. <clears throat> they walk out of the temple... They walk out with their Lord, and the first thing out of their mouths is, check it out, Jesus. <laughs> look, at, look, at, look, at this, look at this Look at this here building. Look at these walls. Isn't this magnificent? <sighs> All I could think was when I started to read that, and I read it and read it and, and looked at some other things, is stress relief. We're out of the temple. You know, you've just kind of beat up the temple priests. And they're probably not real happy. So let's talk about something different. Let's, 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 look at Jesus. Isn't this beautiful? Look at how magnificent this is. Look at this building. And it was one of the greatest structures of all time. One of the greatest things that had ever been put together. And Jesus' response to them is, yeah, but Wait. The day is soon to come when, when a, not a stone will be upon itself. They said that the structure there was so intense that you could take a knife, a butter knife, and could not slide it between the joints. That everything was put together. The walls, the rocks were as tall as men. And Jesus says, the day's coming when these walls will come down. They won't stand any longer. Be careful in where we put our trust. Don't put our trust in, in these things. Don't put our faith in these things because they can and they will be toppled. Forty years later, Roman General Titus will come into Rome with his army and he will destroy Jerusalem and he will tear down the temple 
And it says that they will torch the temple. Historians say that they torched the temple. It was so hot that they melted the gold inside and it poured out. And they knocked the walls down. Forty years later, this was to take place. Jesus says, it's coming, and in those days, it will happen. And they had asked him, well, when, is these, when are these things going to happen? I, 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 don't, I don't understand. How, how is this going to take place? I, I don't understand. I think, I think that we, you know, we, we can look at that in a lot of perspectives. In Daniel chapter 9, Daniel chapter 9, it talks about the same decree that was to happen. And, and in chapter 9 there, it talks about that there will be a time when, when, when this king will come in and they'll, and they'll stop the sacrifices. And they're going to stop everything that, that the Jews know in an order. And with Christ's coming, there's no coincidence to time levels. If we look at the Old Testament and we, and we watch all the things that were taking place and the things that did take place, it was the rejection of Christ. And we look at the things that are happening here now in chapter 13 in Mark, and it's the rejection of Christ. It's the rejection of Christ that these things are happening. These things were to happen so that maybe we would wake up, so that maybe we'd look around. I love the verses that in John chapter 4, in Jesus is. At, at the well in Samaria, and he's talking to the Samaritan woman, and he, and he says to her, and she says, well, you know, but this is Abraham's well, and, and we're on this mountain, and he says, but woman, the day is coming. The day is coming when, when we're not going to worship here, nor in Jerusalem. The day is coming where, where it's not going to matter, but we're going to worship in spirit and in truth. We don't have to be inside these buildings. We don't have to be in the day's coming when it's not going to matter any longer. It's not going to matter any longer. And he proclaims this to a Samaritan woman and to all of us to understand that it's not about these buildings because these buildings are going to get knocked down. They're temporal. They're just temporary. Not something that is everlasting, but Jesus himself is everlasting. And so we start to look at, as we start to go in here deeper, um, and one of the other thing I wanted to share about that was, Jesus will say this one thing about the Pharisees, and it's, and it's a pretty harsh statement, and he says it in uh, Matthew chapter 23. He declares this to the Pharisees. He says, woe unto you, Pharisees, you are but like whitewashed tombs, clean on the outside and decaying on the inside. And that ought not to be. That ought not to be with us. It ought not to be in our churches. It ought not, it ought not to be. But Jesus gives us a clear warning to them and to us. It's not about the big, beautiful structures. It's not about our appearance. It's about what's inside and what's happening in there. So when he talks to the Samaritan woman, it's not about the buildings, it's not about the place, it's about worshiping our Creator in spirit and in truth. And so he starts this discourse, and so now they're really confused, and things start to come together. 
things that are to come, verses 3 through 8. And while he was at, whoops, whoops, somewhere in here, I lost my place. Um, Okay. <clears throat> and as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, tell us when this will be and when it will be the sign that these things are to be accomplished. And Jesus began to say to them, take heed that no one leads you astray, that many will come in my name saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines, but this is only the beginning of the birth pangs. You know, we, we look at the media and we look at all the things that are going on around us, and I know that it's easy to become anxious. And I know that, you know, somebody asked me the other day about what did I feel about the Ebola outbreak in Africa? And, um, and I said, all I had to say was, it's a tragedy that so many people are going to die from this disease. And the Bible makes it really clear that these things are going to take place. I remember a few years ago, quite a few years ago, that when the AIDS epidemic became so prevalent, that everybody thought, this is it. This is it. God's coming back because he's punishing us for our horrible and sinful nature. We barely read anything about it in the paper anymore or hear about it in the news anymore. And we can go throughout all of history and we look at all those things that have taken place that so many thousands upon thousands of people died from cholera, and, and, and uh, polio that broke out, and, and we can go on and on, all the diseases that ever took place, and we can go, hmm. And I'm sure that in those generations, when those things took place, they were asking the same question that I got asked the other day, what do you think? Is this it? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But we ought to be about God's work. And I'm going to say that a lot tonight. But we ought to be about God's work. Because maybe it's going to happen. And maybe it's going to be a horrible thing. And they're saying, you know, the outcry is there could be 10,000 people that are affected by it by the end of this year. And I've heard the number that 70% of all people that get it die. I mean, that's horrific numbers of people. But are they dying without Jesus? Are they dying without Jesus? You know, are, what, are, so what am I concerned about? Am I concerned that Jesus is coming back? <laughs> Amen that he's coming back. And where am I going to go? <laughs> I'll be with him up in heaven for all eternity. Am I worried about that? <laughs> no. Am I excited about it? Amen. Am I worried about Ebola and Christ coming back? No. What I'm worried about is we have a possibility of seeing 7,000 people that could die that maybe don't know the Lord. So what, what should be our concern? When is he coming back? I mean, that's what the disciples were concerned about. When is all this going to happen? And Jesus says, be watchful, be careful, because these things are going to take place. Do we have wars? Yeah, we have worse wars today. I mean, horrifically, 
hideous wars, but look at our, look at since Christ's time. And during Christ, when Christ was present, there wasn't a lot of wars going on. There was kind of a, a lull of wars. Roman Empire was strong. Nobody's going to stand up against them. Everything was kind of going pretty peaceful, even for the Jews until 40 years later. And since that time, we have had horrific wars. And all of them have come to naught. And all of them have come and they've gone. And lots of people died. Innocent people, people that were wearing uniforms, people that weren't wearing uniforms, and the hideousness of it all. But Christ says those things are going to take place. They're going to happen. Well, what am I doing about it? What am I concerned for? Is there anything that I can do about them? Christ says, no, there's nothing you can do about it, Vern. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Those things are going to take place. And during that time, Vern, you need to realize this. What do I have you doing? What do I want you to do? What do I want you to be concerned about? Is it that? Should I be concerned that he's coming back? Should I be watchful? Amen. We should be watchful. We should be paying attention because he says, there's going to be these guys coming around saying, hey, I'm the Christ. I'm the Christ. And during my time of life, I mean, you hear that all the time. You hear a cult pop up and this guy says, hey, I'm the Christ. Hey, I'm the Christ. And you see thousands of people and you go, how can that be? How dumb can you be? And Christ says, no, Vern. No, not how dumb. Be watchful because it's going to take place. And many people will be deceived. But are we as persistent as they are? I mean, do I know the Bible as well as some of the people that are in their cults know their, their books? Maybe not. Maybe not. But it is God's Word, and I ought to. Am I as persistent as they are? Maybe not, but I ought to be. Because I know those times are coming. Because he told me so. He's told you so tonight if you hadn't read it before. He says those times are coming. But all these things around us are going to happen. And he continues with it. And he says in verse 9, But take heed to yourselves, for for they will deliver you up to councils, and you will be beaten in the synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my name's sake to bear testimony before them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you up, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour. For it is not you that speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver up brother to death, and the father his child. And children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated for all my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. (laughs) You know, I I read those, and I read those, and I read those verses over and over and over, and I thought to myself, I thought to myself, how could that be? How how can that be? How how can you take somebody, your, your own child? How can you take your own parents? How can you take your brother? How can you take your sister and deliver them up to be killed. But we see it as we watch, as we watch that film on Sunday and we study about all those, all those things that are taking place in those countries today. We see those things happening. 
We see those things happening. We may not be seeing them here in our own hometown in Medford, Oregon, but in Syria, Iran, Iraq, and China, and all those other countries, we see that happening. And Christ says, those things are coming, and they're going to take place. They're going to, and they are taking place. And so are we having, you know, birth pangs? Okay, I'm in. I'm in on that. We are having birth pangs. Because Jesus is saying, those things are going to take place. Just be aware of them and be on guard. Be on guard for yourselves, for your own salvation. But be aware that these things are going to take place. And when you say that Jesus is my Lord, and in Him is the only place that I'm going to bend my knee, be aware that that day someday could occur here. I mean, we see things happening. We talk about it a lot on the board of directors of the different things that are going out throughout our, our country. And all the things that we need to be concerned about, or <laughs> there's that word we should be concerned about, but all those things that we need to be aware of that are taking place here in our country today and where we've gone and what's happening. I mean, we, you know, the, the big thing in, in Houston um, here just recently of the mayor there saying, okay, I want to see your sermons before you preach them. I want to see them. And, he, and it's now been thrown out of court. But she rose up and said that. And she was going to push it. But that's where we're going in our country. You know, we're, we're losing that freedom. And we're slowly just sitting back and it's happening before our eyes. Are we in birth pangs? I, I'm in. Yeah, we are. Are things happening around us? Yeah. But what are we concerned about? What are you concerned about? Am I, I'm going to sit back and dwell on those things? Or am I concerned that my neighbor next door to me may not know Jesus Christ? Or the person that you work next to at work may not know Jesus Christ? Are we more concerned about that? Are we concerned about the birth things? Now, I'm not saying don't be watchful, because we're going to hear that a lot. Don't be watchful. Yes, we need to be watchful, and we need to be concerned, because he says there's going to be out there, those out there that are going to try to do, deceive you and to deceive your neighbors and to say, I am the Christ. And we saw that in Paul's time in Corinth, you know, where they, got, they were started. I mean, they got, they got to hit the streets running after Christ was gone. I'm the Christ. I, no, I'm the Christ. No, over here. He's over here. And you're going to have people flocking those directions because they say, you know, the Bible says, don't have itchy ears. Don't. Know the truth. If we know the truth, if we know the truth, we won't get itchy ears. But if we know the truth, you want to hear what makes you feel good. And how many of you guys don't want to hear what makes you feel good? I'm sorry, but that's who we are, human nature, simple nature. I want to hear what makes me feel good. I want a warm and fuzzy feeling. But not at that sacrifice. Not at that one. I don't want to hear it at that one. I'm better off just to know who I am. That God died for me while I was yet a sinner that he loved me so much, and that he came to me and I didn't go to him. That's what I need to know. 
That's where I need to place myself, in those, in those channels. Is it exciting to watch all this stuff around us? I don't know, depending on where you get your excitement from. I don't, you know, watching that, watching that film on Sunday didn't make me very excited. But it says those things are going to happen. That they are going to happen. That they're going to happen all over. And that Christ is going to come back. <clears throat> Verse 14. But when you see the desolating sacrilege set up where it ought not to be, let the reader understand, and let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is in the house up not go down, nor enter his house, nor take up anything away. And let him who is in the field not turn back to take his mantle. And alas, for those who are with child and for those who give suck in those days, pray that it may not happen in winter. For in those days there will be such tribulation as not been from the beginning of the creation which God created until now and never will be. And if the Lord had not shortened the days, no human being would be saved. For the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. And then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. False Christ and false prophets will arise and show signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. But take heed, I have told you all things beforehand. God says things are going to come that are going to be, uh, we watch that on Sunday and we think, how could it get any worse than that? I mean, how could it get any worse than that? How could these people in Syria take and slaughter children and bury them in open graves? How, could, how, how, how can that be, how can that get worse than that? How? Christ says that there's times coming when it's going to get worse than that. But he says, be ready. Be watchful. Be ready and know. But be sharing the gospel along the road. Take time out to share with somebody. And I'd like to say, share with a loved one. <laughs> well, that's great. But maybe share it with somebody you don't even like. Because it says, pray for those. Pray for your enemies. Share with them. You want to share with somebody? Go share it with somebody you don't even like. Go share it with them. Probably be more receptive than, as it declared in there, probably be more receptive than with your own family. Because it doesn't say anything about your enemies turning you in. It says your family will turn you in. So go share it with an enemy. You're probably safer. You're probably safer than to share it at home in those days. Post-trib, pre-trib, you know, me and Jeff talked about that a little bit. And, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I am. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know. Are we in it? Have we gone through it? Is it coming tomorrow? I don't know. I really don't know. But I do know these things are happening. I do know that they're coming. I do know that Christ is coming back. And why? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. He's coming back because he loves you. He says he, he's making those days shorter so that you won't fall. He's, he loves us. He has compassion on us. And he's not going to let those things happen where, you, where, you, where you're going to be out there too long and you can't take it anymore. He says, I'm going to shorten the days. That's a God who loves us. That's a God who cares. 
And those are the things that I think about. And I try not to think about the other things. I try to think about what would Christ have me doing right now? I mean, I look at it. Are we in birth pangs? Again, amen. I think we are somewhere, somewhere along that line. I don't know. Maybe it comes tomorrow. Maybe it comes way after I'm gone. Way after I'm gone, I'm going to be in heaven. <laughs> so it won't matter. It's just good. It's a good thing to be a Christian. It's a good thing to be a Christian. And it's not something that we should read and get, oh, man, and get all shook up and worried about. It's a good thing to be a Christian because God loves all of us. He just loves us. He said, I'm going to take care of you because I don't want you to be misled. I don't. I want you to be in heaven with me. I mean, I love the verse, that, you know, he says, he says and, and that God would that have all men, all men come to the saving knowledge of Christ. All men. Even that guy that you don't like. Even that guy you don't like. And I'm really praying about that, by the way, for myself. I, 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 I'm just going to go to somebody who doesn't really like me, and I'm just going to go share the Lord with them. That I don't like. That I don't really like. I know there's a lot of people that don't like me, but that I don't like. And I'll find probably a lot of those people, too. But I'm going to go share it so that they know, too, that God loves them and that they can have everlasting life and they can be in heaven for all eternity and they can share in this joy that, that we as Christians should have. I mean, we should be the most joyous of all people. We're not, but we ought to be. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, we walk around these big old... Looks upon our faces, and we ought to be smiling ear to ear every day because Christ loves us, because Christ cares for us, and he does. I was with my mom right before she died the day before, and, and, um, and, and my, mom had, my mom had had some dreams, and they, they were fascinating dreams, by the way, and uh, shared those with me. But the day before she passed away, my mom gave me a big kiss and, and a big smile on her face. And then I went in to see her the next day, and she was in a, in, in a coma. And I knew that day that my mom was heading to heaven. And we ought to be like that. We ought to have a big smile on our face. And we ought to know that we're heading to heaven. And our Meg is excited. And Christ says, just be careful and be on watch of these things. But don't sit and dwell on them. I mean, is it good that we sit and we teach about them? Is it good that we can sit and talk about them? Absolutely. But there are churches that divide themselves over these issues. And there is no reason for that. That's the temple that got tore down. That's the building that got tore down. Because we ought not to be religious. We ought to be Christians. And we shouldn't divide ourselves amongst things that are like this. Those are things that, as Jesus said, only the Father knows. Only the Father knows. He said, I don't even know. Angels don't know. Son doesn't know. Only the Father knows when I'm coming back. So why should we try to plan it? I mean, just recently here, was it last year, we had a guy that was proclaiming on a certain date that, you know, that Jesus was coming back into the world. And, and I was really disappointed. Really disappointed. I listened to him when I was a young Christian, and I thought, man, he was a great guy, great Bible teacher, and then he comes up and does something like that, and I'm like, Really? 
Really? How? How do you figure all that? And why would you spend so much time figuring that? Why aren't we just going out and sharing the gospel? Why aren't we just going out and sharing the gospel? I mean, he, he had to spend, I don't know, a gazillion hours trying to figure that out in biblical times of how all that would equate and how it would come out to that certain date. But we had so many people that have done that, only to be laughed at and ridiculed afterwards. Laughed at and ridiculed. I mean, I had people ask me, because their kids were concerned, their wives were concerned, man, is this it? My kids are, I don't know if it's it, but it could be, but Jesus loves you. That's all. It's a simple message. And we make this big thing out of this. I mean, I read the Revelation, and it's exciting. Do I understand it? Someday I'm going to understand it all. That would be glorifying to me. I would sit up there and go, wow, really? I really missed out on that because I didn't understand it very well. And I'll get a chance to see what Daniel meant and go through all those things. But I'm going to go and witness to somebody that I don't like because I'd like for them to be able to sit next to me and see the same things. That we can be in all eternity together. That I'm not going to be so caught up in this that I lose focus and I lose purpose. Verse 32. But of that day and of that hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each one with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or at a cockcrow or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and he find you asleep. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. Just watch. Just watch. He's coming. I mean, I love Acts chapter 1. Disciples are all out there. Here goes Jesus. Up into heavens, in the clouds. I mean, can you just imagine that? That scene? I mean, you're standing and you're just like, you've gotten to witness so many things. I mean, this, this guy, Jesus, goes to the cross. He's beaten up. He goes to the cross. You've lived with him for three years. He dies on the cross. You know he's in the grave. And all of a sudden, you're seeing him. You're talking with him. You're eating with him for 40 days. And then, I don't know if that was what was it, the noise that was going on, but, but similar to that. I'm sure it wasn't just quiet, because up he's going. The angels are probably up there singing hallelujahs, and here goes Jesus. He's up in the clouds, and he's caught up in there. And it's just a magnificent thing, because remember when he came, the angels are all singing in heaven. I just imagine he's going up back up in there, and they're all singing, welcome home. Welcome home. Glad to have you back. And his disciples get chastised. And two guys standing there, angels standing there next to them, said, hey, Really? Stop. Stop looking up there. He's coming back in the same manner that he left. You'll see him coming back. And that is just amazing to me how we will all see that, if we're still here, all see that happening. How Jesus in his magnificent glory will come back in the same way that he ascended into heaven. How magnificent is that? And I can tell you this much, he probably won't be with all the hallelujah chorus because he's coming back and he's not 
going to be real happy about it. I mean, there's going to be a separation between the two. There's going to be, as we read, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. But it'll be a magnificent day for us as believers. I mean, as, you know, just all I, all I can tell you that is a big amen, because it is going to be just glorious, just glorious for us. We just hang on to the truth. But he says, watch, keep your eyes open to these things. Keep your eyes open to those things. I just want to read one more thing, and we're going to end. If you've got your Bibles, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. <clears throat> and I marked it because it's one of those books I have a hard time finding. But If you got it, you can follow along. Verse 5, beginning in verse 1. But as to the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When people say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as travail comes upon a woman with child, and there will be no escape. But you are not in darkness, brethren, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For, all, for you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night of darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, <clears throat> for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Paul says, I, we don't even need to write these things down. You know it. I don't need to write them for you. You know them. You know those things in your heart. He says, encourage one another. Well, there's still that time. Build each other up. Go share the gospel. Go do those things that your father would have you go to do. And quit worrying about the other things. Because I hate to tell you, there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we can do about it. He's coming back. Amen. He's coming back because he loves us. But there's nothing we can do about when. There's nothing to do about, are we, is it tomorrow? Is it... I don't know. If you can tell me, more power to you, because there's only one guy that knows that, and that's the Father. So all I can do is encourage you guys, encourage myself, encourage one another. Be about God's work. Be about his business. Let him be God. Let him be God. We're not. We don't know the times or the seasons. We just don't. So let's not get caught up in those things. Let's get it caught up in what God would have us to do. Let's get it caught up in sharing the gospel with our neighbors. And if you dare, share it with your families. <laughs> and only if you dare, because that's, that's, like we said, a little bit harder. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for just being with us this evening, that, Lord, that we can encourage one another as we leave here, that, Lord, we can uplift one another, that, Lord, that, that through you, that, Lord, that we know what your will is. That, Lord, that we just go out and share the gospel. That we can share it with, with our neighbors. That we can share it with those across the street. We can, whomever you would bring in our path. But, Lord, that we'd be bold 
that we stand up for who we are, and that, Lord, we keep watch, and that we need not to be led astray, that we know your, that we know your word is truth, and let it hold fast for that. In Jesus, your name we pray. Amen.